Hey everyone, it's Jenny. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that in a continued effort to lift up underrepresented voices and to continue to fight for social justice, Wonder Media Network is offering free ad space on our shows to organizations working towards that cause. If this applies to you or to someone you know, feel free to email me at jenny at wondermedianetwork.com for more information. Thanks for listening and on to the show. Hi, I'm Cynthia, and I'm one of the producers here at Wonder Media Network. And in honor of a full year of Encyclopedia Womanica, we wanted to revisit some of the outstanding women that we featured along the way. And today, we're looking back on Maul Cuppers. And the reason why Maul's Cupper stands out because she's literally a woman that did not play by the rules. And as you know, women make history when you break some rules. This episode initially aired during our Villainesses Month. And here's Jenny Kaplan to tell you more about her. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. When you imagine England in the era of Shakespeare, you may think of a golden age with a booming economy, a rising interest in exploration, and a growing merchant middle class. But there was more to it than that. Today we're traveling to the underbelly of London, home to thieves, jokers, and tricksters who played both sides of the law. Our villainess of the day was the most infamous woman of that world. Let's talk about Mary Frith, better known as Maul Cutpurse. Mary's legacy lies somewhere between truth and legend. Records from her time are often exaggerated, biased, or made up. That said, here's the story of the cunning Maul Cutpurse as we know it. Mary Frith was born in London in about 1584. Her father was an honest cobbler. Nonetheless, Mary's first brush with the law occurred when she was just 16 years old. She was prosecuted for stealing purses. Mary's family quickly grew frustrated with her unfeminine behavior. Some accounts say that in 1609, they lured her out to the docks by telling her there was a wrestling match and then tricked her onto a ship headed for North America. Mary managed to arrange passage back to shore with betting money she brought for the match. When she made it back to London, she quickly joined a group of pickpockets, earning her name Mall Cut Purse, in reference to the way pickpockets cut the purses straight off of their victims' hips. Mary also earned a name for herself for her tavern performances. She would sing, dance, play her lute, and crack jokes while dressed in male clothing. That was quite shocking at the time. To win a bet, Maul once gallivanted through the streets of London on the city's most famous performing horse. She wore men's clothing, dramatically carried a banner, and blew a trumpet. As soon as the locals recognized her, a riot broke out. The fans and enemies went wild. Some tried to pull her off her horse, while others cheered her on. Maul just barely managed to escape and collect her winnings in the next borough. Maul quickly grew infamous enough to have books and plays written about her. One play, called The Roaring Girl, features a comedic, matchmaking main character named Maul. She's called Mad Maul, and her life, these acts, proclaim! One, two, three, four! According to her own testimony, Mary performed at least one afterpiece for that show. That's a short, lighthearted act that follows the theater's main event. In 1611, Maul was arrested and thrown in jail for a few months, possibly because of her seemingly inappropriate performance. 
The following year, after pieces were outlawed in the country for their often vulgar nature and tendency to attract pickpockets. The very playhouse where Maul performed was used as an example in the case. Maul was arrested once again a few months later in St. Paul's Cathedral, and she eventually confessed to being publicly drunk, swearing, associating with criminals, and of course, flaunting her male clothing. She did penance at St. Paul's Cathedral while tearfully drunk. Maul's illegal activities didn't stop there. Far from it. By 1614, she was operating a brokerage of stolen goods out of her house on Fleet Street. Thieves came to her to sell their spoils, and victims would have no choice but to try buying them back, hoping to avoid a lengthy court case. Authorities didn't try to stop any of this. In fact, they sometimes came to Maul for her expertise and familiarity with local thieves. Around that time, Maul also got married, though even that seemed like a means to a criminal end for her. She never actually lived with her husband and didn't mention him in her will. Maul continued her underground business as usual, but now had the elevated reputation given to married women. She could even defeat court cases brought against her maiden name by arguing that she was married. Toward the end of her life, Maul was placed in a psychiatric hospital. She was released in 1644, but contracted dropsy and passed away as a result in 1659. After she died, Maul went from public menace to folk hero in the eyes of the public. Three sympathetic biographies were published about her, with varying degrees of embellishment solidifying her mythical stature. Join us tomorrow for the story of another fascinating villainess. Special shout out to the one and only Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and the brain behind this incredible collection of women. Talk to you tomorrow. I want to recommend a new podcast from Push Black called Black History Year. We know that Black people have been left out of the history books, and we know learning about our history makes us all stronger. Black History Year teaches you the stories that should be taught in school. Get connected with scholars and leaders who are bringing the real knowledge. From the systemic abuse of Black women to the ways Black people are misrepresented in the media. From the complicated role of the Black church to the importance of legal gun ownership in the Black community. Black History Year is your next indispensable podcast. Black History Year is produced by Push Black, a community of over 5 million Black folks who care about how our past shapes our present. Check out Black History Year wherever you listen or go to blackhistoryyear.com.